In the end of Mesech Techulim, the Gemara says, Tanya, we learned a Beraisa. The Rabbi Yaakov says, there isn't a single mitzvah in the Torah that, te- that the Torah tells us the reward about it that's not also dependent on Tchiyas HaMesim, meaning that Tchiyas HaMesim needs to f- happen first. Only in the world to come are these brachos, the reward, going to be fulfilled. And the Beraisa goes on to give examples. By Kibbut Aim, the Pasuk says, Leman Yarichun Yomecho, so you should have long life and it'll be good for you. Bishiluach Hakan, the mitzvah of sending away the mother bird when wanting to take the, the eggs or the little birds from the nest. The Pasuk says the same thing, Leman Yitavloch, so that it should be good for you, Varachta Yomim, and you will have long life. Says Rabbi Yaakov, imagine the following situation. That a person's father tells him, tells the son, go up to the top of a tower, bring me some birds from there. The son goes up, sends away the mother bird, takes the little birds. He's on the way back down, he falls and dies. Then where is the Arichos Yomim? What happened to the Arichos Yomim? What happened to the promise of the Torah that it will be good for him? Clearly, what the Pasuk is referring to then is that the long life means Ba'olam Shekuloi Aruch, it means in the world that's ultimately completely long and good, meaning in the world to come, to be good for you, also in a world that's all good, referring to the time of Olam Haba. The Gemara then asks and says, Rabbi Yaakov is picturing a situation, but maybe such a situation would have never happened. Maybe if a father is telling the child to do this, then no such tragedy would ever happen. So the Gemara goes on and says that Rabbi Yaakov actually saw exactly this situation where, unfortunately, this son had died. And therefore, Rabbi Yaakov says that it means in the world to come. And the Gemara concludes with this idea that Rabbi Yaakov is of the opinion that schar mitzvahs bahai al-moleka, that there isn't actually reward for mitzvahs in this world. When we learn this Gemara simply, it seems like Rabbi Yaakov is... Uh, with it, of a different opinion, he's arguing with the Mishnah, the Mishnah that's quoted, the Mishnah that's brought in just before this Baraisa, where the Mishnah says, and it's over there referring to the mitzvah of Shiluah HaKan of sending away the mother bird, and the Mishnah says, if a mitzvah caliph, such a light and easy mitzvah, that the loss will be no more than an Isar, a, a name of a very, very small currency, and the Torah says you will have long life and it will be good for you, how much more so for the mitzvahs chamurah shem Torah? How much more so for the heavier or more difficult mitzvahs of the Torah? Which simply is it the understanding of the Mishnah means that it means that he's going to have long life and good days in this physical world. We also know that this is a clear stam Mishnah again. The Mishnah, stam Mishnah means a Mishnah that's not stated by anyone's opinion, which meaning this is the general accepted halacha. In the beginning of Peah, we say, These are the mitzvahs, that a person has the fruits of the reward of that mitzvah in this world. Where the principle, the main part remains for Olam The Mishnah goes on to speak about bringing peace between man and his fellow, etc. So it seems to be clear that these Mishnahs are saying there is reward in this world, where Rabbi Yaakov would be of the opinion that there is no reward in this world. Having a look at the Rambam, we find that the Rambam paskins what's going to seem similar to what Rabbi Yaakov said. Because the Rambam says that the good that's promised for tzaddikim is the life in Olam Abba. This is the life 
which there is no death along with it. This is the good that no evil comes along with it. This is what the Torah says. And this is quoting that same Pasuk that we said before. Laman yitavlach yomim so that it will be good for you. You'll have long days. And the tradition has it. We learn. We were taught based on our, on the previous generations. And it seems to be, again, this is exactly the Gemara we were just quoting. Laman yitavlach that will be good for you. In the world, it's all good. You'll have long life in the world that's completely everlasting, long, etc. The Rambam also says the same thing in the following chapter. The Matan Shoran Shal Mitzvahs, that the reward for mitzvahs and the good that we are going to merit if we follow the way of Hashem, that which the Torah discusses, the ways of Hashem, the reward is going to be the world to come. And again, the Rambam says, as the Pesach says, So it will be good for you and have long life. Which again, this all seems to be quite clear, the opinion of Rabbi Yaakov. The question, however, is why would the Rambam Pascal like Rabbi Yaakov and not the above Mishnah, first of all in Chulin, that Mishnah that was speaking about, the Shiluach Hakam, implying that there is reward in this world, and so to the Mishnah in Peah, the Elu Dvorim, that a person gets the reward in this world as well. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, the Rambam himself goes on and says, once we know that the reward for mitzvahs is an Olam then what does the Torah mean when we keep on finding in the Torah? That if you listen to the words of the Torah, then you're going to get this, that, or the other. And if you don't listen, then these are the things that are going to happen. And these are things clearly down here in this world. We're speaking about things like having plenty or having famine, war and peace, having malchus, having our own um, authority and government, or being put down and lowly, settling in the land or going in gullus, having hatzlach in what we do, success in what we do, or having losses, and all these other things that were promised in the covenant with Hashem. Says the Rambam, these are all things that are 100% true. They were and they will be. And when we do the mitzvahs of the Torah, of course we're going to get these benefits in this world. And when we transgress on the words of the Torah, then we're, chas v'shalom, these bad things will happen. And nevertheless, says the Ramam, this isn't all about, this is not the ultimate reward for mitzvahs. These bad things are not the ultimate revenge for someone that violates the mitzvahs. But rather, the Rambam explains it that the way it works is, Hashem has given us the Torah, which is a tree of life. Whoever does what says in the Torah and knows the Torah properly, completely, is zoicha with the Torah and with the Torah to, to the life of Olam Abba. And according to how much he does and all of his wisdom and his learning, that's what he's going to merit to. The Torah promises that if we're going to be doing the Torah joyously and happily, and we'll be learning its Chachma all the time, then Hashem will remove all of those things that may prevent us from doing the Torah and mitzvahs. For example, He'll remove sickness and war and famine, etc. Hashem is going to give us all of the things that will support us, allow us to do Torah, which will be things like having plenty and peace and lots of silver and gold, so that we shouldn't have to be involved in all the things that our goof needs. Rather, we should be able to be sitting and learning Torah and doing mitzvahs in order that we should be able to get that ultimate reward, which is Olam Abba. So the Rebbe asks, since we must anyway say that the promises in Torah are speaking about things that are going to happen in this world, as we just quoted from the Rambam, then why can't the Rambam say the same thing in regards to the Pasuk we just quoted before, Laman Yitavloch, so that it'll be good for you, and the Harachta Yomim, you're going to have long life, this Pasuk that we quoted before, 
from the Shiluach Hakan from sending away the mother bird, why is it that the Rambam can't say that this too means down here in this world? Why does he suddenly seem to be saying this must be speaking about Olam Now the Marsha, in referring to the opinion of Rabbi Yaakov, that says that these, all these promises are referring to Olam well, what says, so the Marsha says, what about the promises that the Torah says that clearly must be referring to Olam that the Torah says, if you're going to listen, you're going to have all these brachas and all these good things, and you're going to be settled in the land. And if the opposite is going to happen, if you're not going to listen, all the curses are going to come, and you're going to be chased away from the land. How does Rabbi Yaakov deal with this? So the Marsha says that Rabbi Yaakov will say, he will agree that when you have the schus harabim, in other words, when all the Yidin are acting in the proper way and doing the right things, that will be bring brachas and good, even in this physical world, those things that the Torah mentions. But Rabbi Yaakov would not, would not hold it. This is true when it's an individual. So, so Marsha makes this distinction, this differentiation. However, the Rambam clearly does not differentiate between a Rabbim and a Yochid. Another thing we need to understand. Why does the Rambam actually only bring that Pasuk, Leman Yitav Yomim, the Pasuk that we said is from Shiluach Hakan, sending away the mother bird. Why does the Rambam not bring the Pasuk? that says earlier in the Torah, by Kibbut Ava'in. In the Beraisa that we have from Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov quoted both of those psukim. He spoke about Kibbut Ava'in and Shiluach HaKan. The Rambam is only bringing the Pasuk about Shiluach HaKan sending away the mother bird. In order to understand all of this, we're first going to preface with a question. Why is it that when Rabbi Yaakov wants to prove that there's no reward for mitzvahs in this world, does he need to bring a proof from both things together? Kibbut Ava'im and Shiluach Hakan. Why wouldn't one of these be enough? Now even though we just said from the Gemara that Rabbi Yaakov actually saw a story that happened where someone was fulfilling both of these mitzvahs. He went to do something for his father to get the birds and he sent away the mother bird and then he died. But the Rebbe says this itself we could still ask. Why was it em- important to emphasize in the story that this was someone that was doing both of the mitzvahs? Even if there would be only one mitzvah involved, he was just sending away the mother bird, seemingly this should also be enough of a proof that there is no reward for mitzvahs in this, particular, in the, in this world. On the other hand, says the Rebbe, furthermore, even after we do bring a proof that Rabbi Yaakov actually saw this happen, a person was doing both of these mitzvahs, and he didn't get the reward, he, he died. The truth of the matter is we still have, we could still ask that seemingly it's not a full proof. What is the proof that there's no reward for mitzvahs in this world? Why can't we say it's possible that this son, when he was doing this act of sending away the mother bird for his father, he actually was totally not having in mind to do it as a mitzvah. And therefore, he doesn't get the reward. And even though there are poiskim that say that mitzvahs don't need kavana, so therefore no matter what his kavana was, he's still doing the mitzvah. But even those poiskim will agree that what it means is that when you're doing a mitzvah, you don't have to have the intention to do the mitzvah and you'll still fulfill the mitzvah. But what about if the one doing the mitzvah actually has an opposite intention? He's actually having in mind that I'm not doing it for the mitzvah, I'm specifically not doing it for the mitzvah. Then clearly he wouldn't be yoitz of the mitzvah. So, when Rabbi Yaakov sees this incident happening, 
Since it's possible that this child was actually having a completely opposite intent than just kibbutz of Amor to do the mitzvah of sending away the mother bird, so then there's no proof that if a person is doing the mitzvah, he wouldn't be rewarded in this physical world. In order to understand all of this, the Rebbe is going back now to the Mishnah that we, was, we quoted part of it before. And this is the last Mishnah in Mesech Tuchulun, where it says, one is not meant to take the mother bird while the little birds are there. And the Mishnah says, even if you want to do it for the purification of a Mitzoyer. So we know that by a Mitzoyer, part of the purification process is that you need to take two birds. One will be shechted, one will eventually be dipped in the blood and sent away. So a person is not allowed to take a mother bird, even if he's having in mind for this mitzvah. Says the Mishnah, if even such an easy mitzvah, which as we quoted before part of this Mishnah is, that it says ki'isar, meaning it's, uh, the loss will be maximum, a tiny little amount. And yet the Torah says, l'man yitav so that it will be good for you. Va'arachta yomim and you'll have long life. How much more so for the mitzvahs chamuris shabatayra, for the ones that are very heavy, the strict, the difficult mitzvahs in the Torah. Says the Rebbe, it's known the question. What is the connection between these two parts of the Mishnah? Seemingly with dealing with two different ideas. One was dealing with the halachis of Shiluah Hakan, that you must do it even if it's on the account of a mitzvah. And number two was suddenly speaking about the reward of mitzvahs. That wow, there's such great reward and so on and so forth. Why do they come together? And we cannot say, says the Rebbe, that this is only in order the Mishnah wants to finish off with something good, with something positive, not with the words, and therefore we go on to speak about the reward. Because if that's the case, so this didn't have to say in the same Mishnah, this could be the following Mishnah. Furthermore, it starts off with a vav, umma, and if there is a reward for such a mitzvah, how much more for the other mitzvahs? There seems to be a connection between these two parts. Another thing we need to understand, according to the Mishnah, that we're learning out of Kalva Choymer, from sending away the mother bird for all, for all other mitzvahs, because it's such a light and easy mitzvah. And so then the question is, why... When it comes to Kibudava Aim, which actually we're told that this is considered from the mitzvah's Hamurah Shabbatoyed, from the very, very, um, heaviest mitzvah, strongest mitzvah, difficult mitzvah, Hamurah's mitzvah, why does it then need to say, by that mitzvah, we have already by this lightest mitzvah that it says you'll have long life. So why does it suddenly need to say it by a mitzvah of seemingly completely the opposite extreme? So the Rebbe says in Sifhei, and what the Rebbe is going to be mainly discussing now in the next section of the Sicha is that even though the mitzvah of Shiluah Hakan, we could say, is a rational mitzvah, there's certain logic to it, and nevertheless, the Rebbe is going to conclude that really this mitzvah in essence is a mitzvah that we call Ben Adam Lamokim. It's more about a mitzvah that you're doing it because Hashem said so in the sense that it's between you and Hashem, not only because it makes sense. So the Rebbe explains the following. The halacha is that a person, as we said before, is not allowed to take the mother bird, even if it's going to be letairis ha to purify the mitzoyer. How do we know this? The Gemara learns it from an extra word in the Pesach, where it says, shaleach teshalach, this double expression, from which we learn that you're not allowed to take a mother bird, not only for a dover harishus, for your mundane, regular activities, 
had, but for a mitzvah, how do we, we know you're even not allowed to take it for that? That's why it says, to shalach, no matter which way, you always must send away the bird. The Gemara goes on to discuss that we're dealing with a situation that when you took the mother bird, you actually took it initially, yes, you were planning to send it away. And therefore, you weren't even over on a loisase by taking it, because when you took it initially, you were planning to send it away. So the only thing that you may be missing out now is, the mitzvah say you're told, send it away. If you're not going to send it away practically, then you're missing out on the mitzvah sasei. So we have the mitzvah sasei of sending away the bird. The sasei we're not worried about it anymore, because when you took it, there's no act anymore of don't take the mother bird, because when you took it, you took it with a plan to send it away. So you took it. There's a mitzvah sasei. Now, there's another mitzvah sasei to purify the mitzvah. So the Gemara says, we would have thought, that since we know from other places in the Gemara that God del Hashalim, how great peace is. Now the Mitzorah, as long as he doesn't get purified, he's not allowed to have marital relations, he can't be with his wife. So we would have thought, since here is a situation of Shalim, this guy, this person cannot be with his wife. And there's a Mitzvah Saseh to purify him. Let this Mitzvah Saseh come along and push away the Mitzvah Saseh of sending away the mother bird. This is why we need to have the Pasuk to tell us, no, you must send away the mother bird. So even though it's true we learn it out from a Pasuk, says the Rebbe, but we don't have to say that this is just from those mitzvahs, the minority of mitzvahs, that are just a chukah, it's just a chuk, it's just a gzairus akasov, but rather we could, we could say there is some logic over there that we can understand why, why this would be the case. And the Rebbe explains. The Mishnah tells us, Ha'oymer, if a person comes along and he's davening, and he says that your mercy, Hashem, the one who has mercy on the mother bird, he should also have mercy on us, etc., etc. Your mercy even extends to the mother bird. So the Mishnah says we silence this person. This is not a way to daven. In other words, we don't allow this type of talk that the reason for sending away the mother bird is purely because of compassion and mercy. Says that Ebed, from this itself we understand even that the idea of sending away the mother bird is something that is connected to compassion and is a logical reason to do it. We're not allowed to say that that's the whole point of the mitzvah, that that's the only reason for the mitzvah. As the Gemara says, you're making it out as it's the, the midas of Hashem is only, it's about rachamim, in truth it's exaggerated. This is what Hashem wants you to do. It's not just about the rachamim, the compassion and the seichel. But at the same time, we could understand that there is a logic, there is a rational, there is something in this mitzvah that you would feel like doing. It's just that we're not supposed to say that this is the only reason we're doing it. And in fact, we find in a number of svarim different reasons for sending away the mother bird, and we do find reasons that are connected with this idea of compassion. Says the Rebbe, since the idea of purifying the mitzvah is also something to do with compassion, here we're dealing with a situation, as we said before, Godel Hashalim, to bring the peace between husband and wife. And as we know that the Abishta says, you should even erase my name that was written in holiness, should be erased in order to bring peace. And here we have a person that cannot be with his wife. So when we have these two mitzvahs facing each other, so seemingly, if you would want to base it on the idea that you're supposed to have Rachmanus on human beings, on people, that would seemingly definitely push away the compassion that we would have for an animal. In fact, the Rebbe says, we know in the dinim of Tsar Balichayim, 
we know that if there's some sort of benefit for the person, we're not concerned about the pain for the animal. And the Rebbe quotes the Shulchan Aruch and says that certainly we're not concerned about the pain for the animal if it's going to be in conflict with the honor, the cover, the respect of a person. For example, a Chacham um, or an elderly person, we would say that comes before Tsar, tsar Bali Chaim. So we would say certainly, seemingly, the idea of helping the Mitzvah should come before sending away the mother bird. Especially, says the Rebbe, that here, there could be a situation where even though right now I'm helping the Mitzvah and not sending away the mother bird, but I could send away the mother bird afterwards. Just to clarify that the Rebbe seemingly is speaking about over here, the case as the Mepharshim discuss, that you're taking the mother bird, we said before there are two birds, so one of them is actually eventually going to be sent away. So you're taking it now to help the Mitzvah, but eventually you will send it away. And still you're not allowed to do that. So the Gemara comes and says, no, we learn out of the Pasuk, we must immediately send away the, the bird. And what could possibly be the reason for this? Says the Rebbe, this could be similar to what the Gemara says in regards to the Mitzvah of Ozoiv Tazoiv Imoi, that if we see someone that uh, is having difficulty with a load, there's taking off the animal, putting on the animal, etc. So the Gemara says, if you have a friend and an enemy, your friend has a problem and he has a load, he needs help lo- taking it off the animal. The enemy has a problem, he needs help lifting up onto the animal. And the mitzvah actually is to go ahead first and help the enemy. Why? In order to bend your, your inclination. To do not that which is the thing you would have thought of doing first. Says the Rebbe in a similar way is in our case. Especially the Rebbe says in the, in this, in the parentheses of it, the Rebbe says, there's even an opinion that even, that when, when we speak about the person you're helping is the enemy first, even if it's a kind of enemy, that according to the Torah it's a mitzvah to hate him. And yet you need to put him first. So the Rebbe says we could say a similar idea over here. It's again in order to bend your inclination. The Midas Harachamim, there needs to be the idea over here. The Torah wants you to immediately go and send away the mother bird. Again, even though that's not necessarily what you would have thought. The bottom line of all of this, at least this is, the, the, the bottom line of all of this is that we see that Shiluach HaKan, sending away the mother bird, is something that I'll be seichel, logically, and the feelings of the person, this is something that you would do. It makes sense. And therefore, let's go back to the Kalvachoymer of the Mishnah. Where the Mishnah said, if even an easy mitzvah, where there's hardly a, mo- a monetary loss, and the Rebbe says, the fact that we're calling it an easy mitzvah is not only because there's hardly a loss, especially that there's lots of mitzvahs, or there's other mitzvahs that cost even less or don't cost anything, but it's also because even your seichel, even your logic is telling you to do this mitzvah. And if even such a mitzvah, the Torah tells you, if you do it, you'll have long life, and you'll have good days, etc., how much more so the more difficult mitzvahs of the Torah? especially those mitzvahs where there is no logic, there is no feeling of the person to tell you to do the mitzvah, then certainly you'll get that reward for yitav loch v'arachta yomim, to have it good and long life, etc., etc. This is all on the one hand where we seem to be saying that the mitzvah of Shiluach HaKan is just a mitzvah that makes perfectly sense. On the other hand, says the Rebbe, from the conclusion that we just said, that we just quoted in the Mishnah, in the first part of the Mishnah, that, that you don't take the mother bird. 
to help the Mitzvah. What do we see from this? That this mitzvah of sending away the mother bird is not just like your ordinary mitzvah shem adam But, okay, fine, it's not a friend, an actual person. Instead of helping a person, it's helping the mother bird. And therefore it's not mamish, the same level of a mitzvah. But the point is, we, there's, there's a big difference between a mitzvah shem adam and a mitzvah shem adam The Rebbe says, by a mitzvah shem adam actually it wouldn't even matter so much what your intent is. The bottom line is the action, the result, the benefit that your friend has received from it. So let's now have a look at the mitzvah of Shiluah Chakan. If the mitzvah of Shiluah Chakan is purely just to help and have compassion on that mother bird, then if we want to compare it to purify the mitzvah, what would have made sense? Surely the mitzvah of Taras HaMitzvah, should surely come first, because as we said, the concept of bringing peace between husband and wife would definitely push off the benefit of the mother bird. So we must say that this mitzvah is not just like another ben Adam we're going to compare these two, but this is more of a mitzvah, this is the way the Amish wants you to act, in sending away the mother bird. So now that we established that it's a mitzvah, clearly evident from this idea that we'll do it even before purifying the mitzvah, Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why the Mishnah goes on to say and connects it, the, the two parts of the Mishnah, that if even such an easy mitzvah, the Torah tells you you'll have, you'll have, you have it good and long life, and why do we put this immediately after this idea of purifying the that you shouldn't take the mother bird, and even for purifying the mitzvah, because this is what the Mishnah is trying to tell us. We're speaking about specifically a mitzvah, Shemein Adam Lamokim. We're not speaking about the kind of mitzvahs that their reward is in Olam Hazeh. In regards to mitzvahs, that a person benefits in this world, you're going to help someone in this world, those are the kind of mitzvahs where we say, Adam Oichel Perisayim Ba'olam Hazeh, Va'akeren Kayem Mesla Olam Abba, as we quoted before from Mesech Tepeya. Those are going to be mitzvah shem adam because why are you getting the benefit in this world? Since a person benefited in this world, you helped somebody else out, so you're also going to benefit someone else in this world. We're trying to say shiluach hakan is a different kind of mitzvah. By shiluach hakan, since the main point of the mitzvah is not so much the benefit that's going to come out, that the mother bird is going to be helped as proven from before, rather the actual act of Sending away the mother bird, doing that mitzvah, as we said, you're not going to take it even to help the mitzvah. So it's a mitzvah shem adam lamokim. And this is why we say that laman yitavloch vaharachta yomim is not in this world. It's going to be mainly in oilom haba. And this is why the laman yitavloch vaharachta yomim that says over here has nothing to do with the long life that it discusses by kibud avaim. Kibud avaim is clearly a mitzvah shem adam lachaveira. In other words, a practical being respectful and helping your father, etc., etc. Those are from the kind of things we say, Adam So in other words, just to sort of summarize where we're up to in the Sikha so far, is that the Rebbe was trying to understand the distinction between these two ideas of Kibbud and the idea of Shiluah HaKan, which will eventually help us with the Rambam that we quoted before, where he says one of them, only regarding one of them, he says the reward is Noelam Aboy seemingly doesn't speak about the other one. So we want to, and this is also going to help us again in understanding the connection between the two parts of the Mishnah 
as well as the following part, which we're now going to continue speaking about, Rabbi Yaakov, why Rabbi Yaakov needed the two things coming together in his story. Says the Rebbe in Siv Zayin, in connection to all of this comes the Gemara and says, what does Rabbi Yaakov teach us? He comes along and brings a proof that there's no reward in this world from the fact that this person fell and died. And this happened, not only was the person sending away the mother bird, but he was even fulfilling the mitzvah of Kibbut In fact, here the main point is the idea of Kibbut That since it's a mitzvah Shabbin Adam Lachaveiroi, Rabbi Yaakov is trying to prove that there's no reward at all in this world, in, in this world for mitzvahs. In other words, for the mitzvah of Shiluach HaKan, since it's a mitzvah between man and heaven, and the main point is that you did the mitzvah, it's not so much the effect in this world what happened. Therefore, we could actually possibly say, as we said before, if you had an intention not to do the mitzvah, then maybe there was no mitzvah at all. And so if the person fell and died, there wouldn't have been a proof that if you do the mitzvah, there's no reward in this world, because could be the reason is because he wasn't doing a mitzvah, he didn't have it in mind. However, since there was also an element of Kibbut Avayim over here, which we said before is a mitzvah Shabbat Adam Lachaveri. We're in a mitzvah Shabbat Adam Lachaveri, the main point is the result that the father in this particular case who had asked for the birds is going to get the birds. It doesn't matter what the son had in mind. The Rebbe says this is similar like what we find in the Sifri in this week's Parsha in regards to the mitzvah of Tzedakah. A person lost some money. A poor person finds it. He goes along and he's sustained by this money. The Torah counts it for this person that lost the money. This chus, he has the mitzvah. And the Sefri says there's a kalvachoymer, how much more so, um, that if a person, if a person did not even have in mind to do a mitzvah and he gets the mitzvah, how much more so someone that does try to do a mitzvah. Now think about this for a moment. When a person lost this money, not only didn't he have in mind to do a mitzvah of tzedakah, in fact, he's upset that he lost the money. And nevertheless, we said, he fulfilled the mitzvah of tzedakah. Since the whole point of tzedakah is that the poor man got something out of it. In a similar way, now back to Kibbutz Avayim. Since the father wanted those birds, who cares what the son's intention was? The bottom line is that his father got the birds. Therefore, we need to go back to Rabbi Yaakov, which proves it mainly from the idea of Kibbutz For That proves that there's no reward for mitzvahs in this world, since, even if there's a mitzvah with an opposite intention, he should have been fulfilling the mitzvah and getting the reward. Therefore, we must say that not only for mitzvah shebin adam lamakim is there no reward in this world, but even mitzvah shebin adam lachaveiroi, the long life, means in the world to come. So now, let's go back to the Rambam. The Rambam paskins like the Mishnah in Chulin and the Mishnah in Peya. That what? That in mitzvah shebin adam lachaveiroi, there could be reward down here in this world. There is reward in this world. But by other mitzvahs, like for example, Shiluach HaKan, Mitzvah Shem Adam Lamakoim, there, the long life that's promised is mainly in Oilam Abba. So one of the questions we asked was, why doesn't the, why does the Rambam bring only the Pasuk of Shiluach HaKan and not Kibbut He doesn't bring the Pasuk Laman Yarichi Yomechel Mahitavlach of Kibbut because he holds that for mitzvahs shabin adam lachaveiroi, you do have some benefit in this world. I, what the Rambam said, that the reward for mitzvahs and all the benefit that we're going to get if we follow the ways of Hashem is mainly in Chai Oilam Abba. When he said that, what he means is that the main reward is in Oilam Abba. HaKaren Kayem Abba. And therefore this fits very, very much 
the, according to the Rambam and the Mishnah, that, that when we said schar mitzvahs by Almaleka, of course there's no reward in the mitzvah, meaning to say the main reward is not in this world. The question is only regarding to the fruits of the mitzvah. Is there any benefit from the mitzvah in this world, which is not the main reward? When we say leman yarichon yamechol, leman yitavloch, that it's ba'olam abba. What's this referring to? So again, according to the Mishnah and according to the Rambam, this would be regarding certain mitzvahs. We say that there's it, that's only an olam abba, and that's more the mitzvah shem adam la However, the Mishnah and the Rambam could hold and do hold that a mitzvah shem adam la the person is rewarded, or at least he gets some of the reward, the payros in this world, as opposed to Rabbi Yaakov, as we'll see in a moment. In fact, says the Rebbe, we also see this in the words of the Alter Rebbe. To use the language of Chassidus, the Rebbe is quoting the Alter Rebbe in Tanya, that it's the Razal tell us, there's no reward for mitzvahs in this world, because in this physical, limited, finite world, it's impossible to get the oil from the Ein Soif Baruch Hu. And the Alter Rebbe goes on to explain that when we do do certain mitzvahs, like Tzedak and Gemilus Chasadim, which we say about them, that Adam Pe'oichel Pe'erisayim Ba'olam Azeh, so the Alter Rebbe uses like a mushal over there, as if there's little t- tiny holes allowing some of the oil to come down into this world, and um, from Chesed, which is considered like the right arm, where we get oil rechiyamim, long life, and this Gashmi is the world, etc., etc. However, according to Rabbi Yaakov, even these mitzvahs of Shibin Adam there is no peri saying ba'olam hazeh. Okay, so now we're up to, again, let's just summarize the main points we're up to. So far we understand that there is a concept of the karen of the mitzvahs, the main point of the reward, according to everyone, is definitely only in Olam Abba. When we speak about the peiris, the fruits, some benefit of the mitzvah, we have a machloikis now, between Rabbi Yaakov who says, no, there's no reward at all in this world, and we have the Mishnah that says that in regards to Mitzvah Shibin Adam Lamakim, there's no um, reward, but the Mitzvah Shibin Adam Lachaveira, we do have at least the fruits down here in this world. What about what we spoke about before? That there's many things that the Torah says are going to happen in this world. So this is what the Rebbe continues now in Seiftes. All of this we're referring to reward for the Mitzvah's payment for the Mitzvah's, which means like a side payment that you're getting because you fulfilled the Mitzvah. But the promises that the Torah tells us that are going to be in this world, these are actually not given as a payment or as a side reward. These are actually connected with the actual fulfillment of Torah and Mitzvahs itself. The Rebbe gives an example. If someone buys a servant, he wants a servant to be able to assist him, to serve him. The master is going to need to give the servant all of his needs in order that he should be able to fulfill the work that he needs to do. So too, says the Rebbe, when the servant wants to add and serve the master even better, then the master will go ahead and add even more, he'll give him more and more, so that the servant should be able to fulfill and do more of these jobs. Says the Rebbe, this is all not, this is not called payment and reward, and that's going to come after the work, this is all in order to enable him to do the work. Says the Rebbe, the same thing is true with Yidin. Since the Abishta gave us a Torah, which is the Eitz Chaim, as quoted before, so the Eibishter, the Rebbe is quoting the Rambam now, promised us in the Torah that if we're going to do it joyously and happily, we're going to learn the Torah all the time. Hashem will remove all those things that may stop us and prevent us from doing the Torah and mitzvahs, things like sickness and war and famine. And the Eibishter will give us all the good things so we should be able to learn Torah and we should be able to do mitzvahs. And so to Chas the other way around. In other words, it's not a side thing what the Torah is promising us. 
This is, so to speak, what's needed in order to be able to fulfill Torah and mitzvahs. And this would apply to all the mitzvahs. It doesn't make a difference between Adam Labakim and Adam Lachaveri. The logic will apply to all mitzvahs. I need to be healthy to be able to do mitzvahs. Says the Rebbe, and this is the main difference between what, this is the main point of the difference between the reward for the mitzvahs or these promises that the Torah is speaking about. The promises, the Gashmis, the promises that the Torah is speaking about is about assisting us, helping us to be able to do Torah and mitzvahs. As the Rambam says, to have plenty and to have peace and to have malchus and settling in the land and to have success in what we do. These are all things that we need to have to support us, to help us do the Torah. Or chas v'shalom, the other way around. Reward of a mitzvah is something completely different. This is shaloi b'erech. This one, the Abishta is giving you additional things, much more than that which you just need to be able to fulfill your avodah. Says the Rebbe, according to all of this, we'll also understand where Rabbi Yaakov sees this son that falls down and dies, this is not in any way a contradiction to the things that the Torah promises us, that when you do the Torah and Mitzvah, you'll have all these good things in your life. Because when the Torah promises all these things, this is for a Yid, while he's alive, he's being given an obligation to learn Torah and do Mitzvahs. So Kavayochel, the Abishter, has now that obligation to give the Yid all of these promises to be able to continue learning Torah and doing Mitzvahs. But what about when it's time for a person, this time in this world is up. He was, it was designated a certain time for him, Ulamayla, that he's gonna be in this world to be able to fulfill his Torah and mitzvahs. And now his time is up. So as far as these promises that the Torah says, there's no necessity anymore to give him these things to live longer, to have this arichas yamim. All of that was while he's here, he should be able to do his mitzvahs. And therefore, when this person falls down and dies, that's not a contradiction in any way to the promises of the Torah. Because, as said, this person had now finished his avoid already. Well, we do have a proof from the fact that he falls down and dies. is a proof that the reward for the mitzvahs, meaning the extra things that come from the mitzvahs, or even the fruits from the reward, etc., according to Rabbi Yaakov, that does not exist in this world. And therefore, we learn out from here that the reward is not in this world, according to Rabbi Yaakov, again, by all mitzvahs, and according to the Rambam, by mitzvahs Shabbat Adam Lamakim. Says the Rebbe al Derech Haremes, V'yashloimar. The Mesech Techulim is in Seder Kachim. We discussed a number of times the idea about the Hayroi in this, that even in Chulim, even in the mundane things of a Yid, these things are also Kachim, they're holy, relative to the rest of the world. And the way this is, comes out in a revealed way is hinted in the beginning and the end of the Mesech The Mesech starts off with Hakoil Shoichtin, with the idea that everyone could Shecht, the concept of Shechita. In fact, in many places, Mesech Techulin is sometimes called Shechitas Chulin. What's the idea of Shechita? We have the Gemara in Chulin says, The word Shechita itself, V'shachat, means you drawing. As we'll explain in a minute what that means in this context. And this is going to explain to us, the reason why we're even allowed to Shecht. Do we know there's a famous question? How can we go along and slaughter a behemoth? We are causing pain to the Balchai, Tsar Balachaim, this is Asur. According to some opinions, Tsar Balachaim is even Asur Midoi Raisa. Says the Rebbe, but since what's the idea of Shechita? Umashach, we're drawing it, we're taking it out from one domain to another. From one level to a higher level, we're bringing it to a higher level than it was previously. This is why we're allowed to do it. And what's the Umashach? In what way are we elevating it? We're taking a behemoth that was previously part of the level of Chai, of the animals, 
And now by shechting it is becoming fitting to become part of the flesh and blood of the human being, part of the medaber. But even that's not enough. The concept of shechita exists by yidin. In other words, it's not even enough that the animal should just become part of a human being. It has to become part of the Adam. Adam Yidin are called Adam because they're compared to Hashem Kavayachu. And this is what the, the Mishnah tells us towards the end of the Mesechta. That when a Yid goes ahead and fulfills mitzvahs and he's doing it because of what Hashem said. As said before, he's doing it, he's koifez and He's doing it not because he understands and because he's comfortable with his compassion and so on. He's doing it, even on the account we said before, of purifying the Mitzvah. He's bending his Yitzhahara. Then he causes vishachat. He's drawing also his Yitzhah, also his Nefesh Bahamas. That even the Chulin inside of him, the Chulin that it, which is compared, in other words, relative to Bnei Yisroel, is also becoming fitting and being elevated into the levels of Kedusha, is being transformed. To become a part of the Nefesh kiss, And that's why we say, Ayid, Atem, Kri, and Adam. You're called Adam because you're compared, so to speak, alien to above. And through this, also the Chulim in the general world, the animals of the world and all of the things in the world, become included and absorbed in the Kedusha of the Nefesh kiss of the Yid. In accordance to this, we have at the very end of the Mesechta, that the Tachlis Ali, the greatest elevation is expressed in Laman Yitavloch, La Oilam Shekulay Toiv, Ulaman Yarichun Yamecha, Ba Oilam Shekulay Aruch. Which then a Yid becomes, La Asid Lavi, a Yid is going to be completely connected with the Abish in a revealed way, so that even his Guf and his Nefesh Abahamis are also going to be included in Kedusha and actually be sustained from godliness. Says the Rebbe in Sif Yud Bey, since ve'amich kulam tzadikim, and all Yidin are filled with mitzvahs, especially in Chodesh Elul, where everyone's doing their avoid of Chodesh Elul in all three areas, as hinted in the famous Rosh Hashanah of Elul, Chodesh Elul. We know that Elul is Rosh Hashanah, ino liyadoi ve'samti l'cha. This is referring to the concept of ir miklot, which more specifically, although it's generally referring to the time of Chodesh Elul, which is more a time of Tshuva, but more specifically, it's referring to the Avoid of Torah, because Torah also serves like an Ir Miklat. It, it's a city of refuge. Elul, as we know, is also Rosh Tevis Anili, Doidi Vidoidi, which this is mainly the Avoid of Tfilo, so we have Torah and Tfilo. Elul is also Rosh Tevis Ishlidei, which is the area of Gemilus Chasodim. So the Eibishter fulfills his promise and gives every single Yid, in addition to all the Gashmi Yizdika promises of Plenty and peace and gold and silver. Lots of gold and silver. So they should be able to be able, be able to do their avoid of learning Torah and doing mitzvahs. The Eibishter also gives the reward for the mitzvahs. Which as we said before, the main reward is in Oilom Abba. But we have already the fruits in Oilom Azeh. And amongst these mitzvahs is also the mitzvahs that we just mentioned. Talmud Torah and Gemilus Chasodim. Which a person needs the fruit in this world. So the Eibishter gives every yid. Arichus yamim v'shanim toivus kipshutai in this world. And every single yid. And all yid. Nevaksiva v'achsim etoivo. L'shana toivu mesukah. Betoivu anirva anigla l'mato me'asorat fachim.